some of these um, bases of power, bases of success, the idipada, um, chanda, virya, chittavimangsa, chanda is the sense of eagerness, desire, something that arises, one's quickened, one's eager, there's a sense of aspiration. It's the desire that instead of pulling things in, which is the thirst, or tanha, is the desire that wants to, to give, to bring forth, to suffuse, to deepen. It's, it's that kind of uh, pressure, if you like, a longing of the heart. So sometimes desire gets a bad name, but there's a lot of difference between thirst, which is the literal translation of tanha, and chanda, which is a kind of arousal. One is a depleted sense of loss and wanting to suck. The other is a sense of something that rises up, brims over, wants to impart, wants to uh, move. break out. So this has been part of our, our makeup <coughs> and it gets dampened because one gets frustrated as to how to free, how to find the freshness, how to get to the good space so particularly in renunciant life you know where there's sense objects are nothing special uh, then this uh, channeling one's energy into this form of desire is skillful it's a requirement otherwise one just gets kind of flat and bored or Kind of just poodles around doing this, that, and the other. And so you fan the flame of that, that energy. Where's the freedom? Where's the freshness? Where's the brightness? So these chandras very much in terms of an, like an internal base rather than external. In other words, it's it's the internal, the heart energy is is trying to come forth rather than uh, break free, uh, enter, its, enter its own space, enter its, its um, steadiness. We have an intuition as that there, and every time for a moment one is able to break some of the confinements, <coughs> the habits, the compulsions that we have, our grimness or our um, despairingness or our patter, pitter patter of the of the mind struck textures and thoughts. You come to something that's a bit freer. Oh, that's what I want. I want to get out of just being that me. Isn't this really what uh, you know fires the the quest?
So you can't really say there should be no desire. Well, desire is purely a sensory thing. It's a desire of the heart for freedom. Otherwise, where do we get the energy from? Where do we get the the uh, willingness to be here? Where do we get the strength from? This is your basic uh, vitality. And uh, we don't lose that. But as it develops, it becomes more uh, a source of strength in itself. Desire becomes a, like a uh, love or a tremendous uh, ability to, to be with, to bear, to, to open, to inquire. It takes, it takes many forms. It's the reservoir of one's spiritual strength. That's why it's an important idipada, base to success. So we're not trying to kind of neutralize or weaken or somehow space out into blankness. But of course it needs to be trained and and moderated so it's not just the wild, reckless impulsiveness or uh, I, has good ideas but no skills. So things like preparing the ground carefully, stabilizing the bases carefully, setting up the context, training one's desire, uh, moderating it so that you lift it when it's flat and you soothe it when it's, when it's uh, rough and you comfort it when it's, it's kind of fretful and... Um, pushing so that requires persistence And we use particular um, objects to so that one's desire, one's interest moves against, touches into, tunes to, is is steadied by. So you're not just kind of reaching out across the cosmos like the sun, but something that got something to to feel your strength with, to feel your your uh, your ability to be grand to have passion mm. the different forms of that sometimes you, you to feel your strength you want to have something you actually have to push against to just to feel your own power but your own strength there is to work against the the uh, discomforts of the body, mm. to work against the waywardness of the mind. So you're not really even you're not uh, trying to annul these things, but just to to 
to bear with, to hold and to work into them. How do you actually work with the discomforts of the body persistently? How the mind can can fray or recoil or dither uh, instead of actually doing the work of penetrating the pains and the discomforts and soothing them, bringing the right kind of intent in there. <coughs> to keep picking up so that every time we there's the sense of losing it or distraction or sadness, how to breathe out, pick it up, pick up, pick up, pick up, so that the desire is not something that's just a, uh, a spurt, but actually something that's, that's regulated and is, is uh, moderated, rather like a fire that you use to warm something with, rather than just burn everything up. <coughs> and this is the, the persistence, <coughs> and this is the right kind of uh, channeling. It's like the whole holy life, the vinya, the restraint, the, uh, the obligations, uh, the meditations, the ways in which we channel that particular spiritual energy. And it's not a flash heat, it's a steady cooking. <coughs> it's rather like if you, you take a, a bit of meat and you just run a blowtorch over it, it looks kind of impressive, it goes black and it's scorched on the outside it's raw in the middle and this is like the someone who just slugs away for an hour or has a brief honeymoon with a, with a spiritual ideal and you go gung-ho on it but actually it's just like running a blowtorch over it you burn a few things up and then you haven't cooked it whereas the holy life is like just letting something boil or simmer for about 10 years gradual so the, 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 it goes right into the fibers right into the, the through the joints through the meat through the fibers right into the heart it's just a gentle steady persistent cultivation <coughs> So this is where the Idipada Chitta heart because the heart penetrates things and it's two, two fundamental qualities one is to receive so it can be very sensitive so you train the heart to be to sensitize, to, to, to touch, to be touched, uh, to listen, to sensitize, to process, to the change and flow of things, to sensitize, to be thorough, in fact, not just the flash hit, but the whole, whole feeling of something, the rising of it, the passing of it when it occurs, to sensitize to the entire body, not just a quick... Uh, you know, a little bit, uh, the abdomen, the chest, the throat, 
and you get a sense of the whole thing. Is there any part that feels flat or numb or constricted? You sensitize into the whole body. It's that quality of sensitivity, which means that it's not, um, <clears throat> it's very open in that way. <clears throat> Things like right and wrong are not heart terms. There's no judgment in that. Yeah. Feeling the pleasant, the unpleasant, the difficult. The quality of sensitivity itself is, a, is a, by just that, is often tremendously healing. It's bringing sensitivity into the, into the tops of the shoulders around the necks, just receiving the impressions there. Like you want to give it all the space to be felt. Often that allows things to, energy to flow, things to relax, things to brighten up. Because wherever you put attention, that's where you'll get energy. Attention and energy go together. Wherever you put your attention, energy will be there. The heart of the matter is the ethical quality of the intention, if it's pushing or forceful or irritable or it's generous why one's training generosity um, is so important and it's generosity much more than of material things but it's the generosity of devotion devotion is generosity service is generosity giving of attention is gener- most supreme kind of generosity you give a lot to, to the body You feel the response starts to tingle. Find out how it sits. Whether the, the hips are really resting, whether you really are sitting on the fully on the ground, or when you stand that your weight is going down into your feet. So sometimes because uh, our uh, Sensitivity is, can be impaired or limited. We don't know what we don't know. So you may have limitations of what one's aware of just because you, you don't even know it because you think that's all it is. So particularly with, with the body, we may have actually only really lived in certain parts of it or just flashed from one zone to another. So you don't actually know what it would feel like. And then intent is the other aspect of citta, it's both receiving, it's also intending. There's a certain kind of, I might say, a pressure in intent, a certain willing, willingness. So then you can direct that sensitivity down into the feet, the hands, through the whole form, out through the skin. as if you're trying to take in every crumb, every little twitch of sensation. And sometimes it's, it's good to establish such an intent because our habit can very much be one of, of one wants to avoid um, sensation that's neutral or boring or painful 
So when you sit there, you know, there's nothing immediately pleasing to get hold of, but there is the pressures in the body. So very often the sense is to try to, there's a certain kind of putting up with it or retracting. So you get a slightly cramped uh, sense. And really, much more skillful to develop a very full, as if you're almost holding the floor down, you know, really having that quality, extending your energy. And you find actually if you do that, it feels more comfortable. The way that the mind picks things up is different. Your energy extends and you get a much more uh, vital and and uh, pleasing feeling, and you begin to sense the energy of the body rather than just the contact impressions, rather than the physical tactile impressions. You feel the the energy of the body. So, particularly the soles of the feet, particularly in the arch of the foot, the palms of the hands. There's quite a lot there. When you walk, when you stand. There's practice of that, as if you're, when you're walking, you really are, you know, placing your foot into the ground, as if you're feeling your way in the dark, that kind of sense. So you give your feet a lot of energy, it run down your leg into your foot. It's got this grounding effect. Most people need to um, send energy down to connect to the ground. Because this is uh, um, what extends us. Now you notice, see, with uh, speculation and abstract thought, energy moves up and out. You come up into the head and you find yourself moving out. Spinning. So even in sitting, just drawing your attention down your back. See if you have a line running down from the skull, top of the skull, right down into the floor, through the spine. Make it solid. But solid with energy, not with a kind of muscular tightness. So this is where the, the, you know, the skill of intent is, is very much just intent. It's not, it's not uh, t- tension. It's just intent. So it's not any kind of slight gripping of the muscles is not it. You have to first of all open, receive, fully sensitize, and then almost invite your fullness into presence. Mm. You really are taking up the space on this planet at this time completely in your presence. So, rather than the Often we neglect to do neglect intent. Intent is frayed into the possibles, the maybes, the shoulds, 
the what-ifs, and so on. So bring it fully into presence. Monks are discrimination. So this uh, uh, ability to judge, measure. Creates uh, marks or endings of things, establishes boundaries. So it's it's bound up with deter- determining. It's like we determine uh, what's allowable and what's not allowable. We determine uh, robes. This is a robe. It's for this purpose, and you make a determination. So it's like that, it means you, you call something something and you hold it, you bear it like that in mind. This is its limitation, it's used for this purpose and not for that purpose. <clears throat> One of the uh, skillful intents to <coughs> cultivate is renunciation. Mm. Ability to, to say no, to let go, to drop, to put aside the holding, the uh, overflowing, the blurring into mental acquisitions, into the future, the past, the probable, and so forth, the way it should be, and so on. So this particular intent, you can say, noticing the limitations, breathing in and breathing out, it begins here, it it ends there. And then when you come to the end of a breath, that's it. There's no, uh, you don't linger. Stay Stay in the moment, let things change. This, this is something that you discernment, discrimination is something that comes on top of the intent of the kind of fullness so you don't you, don't re, you know renunciation is not a, a denial so much as just the coming from having filled with this then this is not necessary having strengthened this then this support is not necessary <clears throat> actually a support becomes an encumbrance when it's not needed 
having strong legs that don't need crutches, they get in the way. So it comes like that. So renunciation, unless you have the supports, is rather like a, someone with a broken leg throwing their, throwing their crutches away. It's a <laughs> gallant ideal, but uh, you know, it doesn't work that way. This is why renunciation is it's difficult uh, if you just create that as an ideology rather than almost as something that you, you bear in mind and it requires a fullness, comes out of a fullness, and you just throw things away. The fullness comes first. Admittedly, you know, you, you, you begin to, you work with these two because one feels uh, contented and welcome, and then you put aside going out to other places because your heart's in this, it, you leave it in this, you don't put it somewhere else, and so on. Working until you, but gradually, as your as your centre, as your energy, and your composure builds up, it's possible to to relinquish more, to let go of more. You don't need these things. <coughs> this is very apropos in terms of the first, um, I might say, the the unquestionable requirement of meditation to come through the five hindrances craving and ambition ill will sloth, torpor restlessness, worry and doubt So as we recognise none of these things sound that pleasant, so why don't we why don't we just stop doing it? <laughs> because it, you know, they're often uh, they're confused attempts to to get the kind of qualities that would support us. Hindrances are a kind of funny sort of support. You know, the craving is to give us the good feeling, to give us the feeling of fullness. The ill will is to give us a sense of being protected, get rid of that which we don't like. And dullness is to kind of cushion us from the uh, discomforts. Uh, the restlessness is to, is to worry, is to try to make things steady, to be certain. And doubt is something that wants to be certain. So they kind of keep nagging away until we've actually compensated for them. Uh, So all this gathering up of of energy and view and intent actually compensates and then they can be relinquished. So when you contemplate the hindrances, hindrances comes up, try to, what's needed?
So one of the uh, big attractions of meditation is samadhi, the sense of well-being that makes uh, sense desire irrelevant, painful. Because uh, you know, when your energy starts to move in the, in the body and you're feeling good with that, and sense desire is just a painful distraction. So, piti sukha, or the sense of uplift and ease that one uh, can begin to touch into, encouraged to develop contentment, uh, picking up the sign wherever it appears, the quality of contentment or buoyancy or lift or anything makes you feel refreshed, just pick up that sign, bring your attention towards that that quality, and that will amplify it. The more you give attention to something, the more energy it gets. If you're using the breathing, the very quality of the freedom and the fullness of breathing is something that naturally is conducive to uplift, because breathing is what lifts us, you know. You don't have to do it, it happens. You are literally inspired by it. So the body experiences in the fullness and the steadiness of breathing a kind of physical rapture, subtle at first. And then the mind experiences a a, a rapture when when it conjoins with that. Because of that, when you're fully in that with that, then the sense desire is just doesn't, you know, it's not, you have no pull, push towards that. There's no energy for that, there's no interest in that. Ease also cleans out the sense of irritation, grumpiness, fretfulness, edginess, nervousness that makes us irritable. Your will makes all these all the things that make us dull, and uh, calm is something that makes you feel comfortable where you are. And when the mind is is balanced and one pointed, then there isn't that uh, trying to sink away from things because your 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 strength there where you are is is your support. You don't need to get your head under a pillow. These are not things you deliberately do, of course, the hindrances, they're almost, they're reflexes. They're um, involuntary reflexes. You can feed them voluntarily, of course. You have some choice over feeding them or not feeding them. But even when they're, they're not fed, they remain as kind of latent tendencies until you have actually shifted the energy around in your system to to make them irrelevant. Using the the mind to to keep itself in trim, so we discern we're articulate, we're clear. This helps to dispel the worrying, which is the random 
orbiting of the thinking mind. Yeah, speculating that this is a doubt, the sinking sense of uncertainty. So you get your thinking mind to just receive and handle the meditation object, something you can be certain about because here, here it is. So when it's vigorous and bright, then, um, then again, the mind has got something to be, to hold, and it's eventually it's it's held by that, so the thinking can stop, and uh, you're still in your your attention is held without thinking, held attention is held by the meditation object. Because the meditation object is energized, it becomes like a magnet, dynamic. The quality discrimination then helps us to to bring that process around, like you're listening, or where does it go off? Where does where does it weaken? Where does it where is one pushing too, moving too fast, skipping over bits, not being thorough? So, for example, in Mindfulness of breathing, the beginnings, the fullness, the endings of the the breath process, each inhalation and inhalation, and the thoroughness of that, and then thoroughly picking up the sense of, of that. The brightness or the ease or the flowingness of that. <coughs> And uh, distilling that through the whole body. So, for example, what just sitting, and you can feel uh, in breathing in and breathing out, particular forms of energy moving across the chest. So, if there's any slight sense of holding or hunching there. Coming out of that, so it's the (coughs) the one pointedness um, is something that comes around. Sense of a center to this to this uh, process. You might say it's it's the breathing in the in the present moment. It may very well settle into a particular place in the body, such as the, say you're centered in your chest or your abdomen or or the respiratory channel somewhere. It 
you can deliberately attend to a particular place which feels weak and sense from there how do you, how does the how do you feel the breathing from that place so maybe the center of your chest how do you know you're breathing if your if your attention is sitting there you feel a swelling a subsiding or even the center of your back or the top of your forehead or the whole body so running down into the fingertips and down the legs so you can kind of work around it things I notice myself is in the if I, in the abdomen or centering in there it's got of a, a kind of um, a grounding or a settling effect it, um, if I move it into the center of the chest and feel it from there there's a kind of sense of more brightness or uplift so depending on the general overall s- state of the energy it might move attention from one place to the other if it seems weak then focus on first of all the place the sense of it stopping the breath stopping you get a certain firming up where the breath stops deliberately breathe out get to the end of the out breath feel the pressure of that let go feel the breath coming in so it's discrimination as you can you can look around and, and choose and discern. So you know, I think this is important to not lose one's acumen, one's acuity, one's sharpness, one's edge. So you don't just go kind of spongy in a passive state, but you keep an edge on it. So your 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 uh, your desire sharpens to the edge. Of now, where is it now? The edge to know, even though you're not trying to glean a lot of information, it's knowing by contact. It's that kind of knowing, like, hmm, got it, hmm, got it, like that. So, this is the kind of how uh, the desire sharpens just to this particular point. It's no longer looking for the feeling so much as the clarity of course if you're all edge then you might really want to, to deepen the sense of receiving the uh, suffusive qualities so in between when you let go of the breathing or the end of the breath when you feel the flushing filling up or the breathing out, you get the sense of how the energy suffuses in that in those times.
as Ajahn Lee um, uses this simile of a the mantle of a, of a paraffin or a gas burner. See, this used to get these paraffin burners, you, and you pump it so you get the paraffin would come out as a vapor, and then it goes into a silk mantle, which then you light and it glows. Mm. So you get the sense of this this whole thing is just glowing. Mm. So it's rather like that. Uh, so the the uh, interesting thing is that uh, even though one is deeply in the body, the body kind of disappears as a as a purely um, external thing of anatomy. You just get this sense of a, a center with a lot of of, of uh, radiance in it. And you can soften that or quieten that, spread it around, open it up. Feel out how big your small your body feels. Is uh, it feel restricted? So the qualities of of what hindrances do is either it's uh, sluggish, energy gets sluggish, or it's uh, constricted, or it's scattered everywhere, mm. or it's um, over forceful. So it's just moderating these whenever you sense these tendencies. Sometimes you can just do it by moving around your body, maybe sluggish if you're too low-centered, brighten up, sharpen around something easier to discern, like the particular sensations, physical sensations, or just spend some time tracking around the physical sensations in the body, pressures in the body. So these are ways in which you you look for the uh, things that brighten sharpen the focus. And then developing sensitivity, just receiving your space, the qualities in that, the space in the room, listening to the silence, bringing that in so you can deepen that base. But it's, it's a matter of, of working these around to arrive at a place or to where Things are steady, and the hindrances uh, don't take, can't take hold. This is our first um, benchmark for meditation. <coughs>